Hi, this is Pastor Keith Joseph coming to you from First Baptist Church of Jackson, Georgia. Welcome to our weekly broadcast. We hope it speaks to you where you are in life. To learn more about our ministries, check us out at jacksonfbc.com. Take your Bible and turn to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. I want to ask you this question and uh, just see if you can, you can answer. Have you ever been to a pep rally? You've been invited today with Paul in Romans 8 to a pep rally. Our coach in high school would say this. He said this, that, that he believed a good pep rally was, uh, to, could be equated to about five points more for the home team. And if you play and you get into sports, we play basketball, football in Kentucky. Uh, one of them we don't play so well. And so, but I was out there with my team and, and we had this pep rally. And man, we were cranked up, excited. Our coach got in the locker room and he said this. He said, listen, the folks are for you. I'm for you. There's no doubt you're going to win this game. And we went out and got beat by 30 points. <laughs> Whoo, that'll bless your heart. I want to tell you this. No amount of pep rally can overcome unless you have it within you. Now, here's the first thing I want you to write down as it comes on the screen for you this. As Christians, we cannot live our entire Christian life on the mountaintop. Is that true? You just can't do it. Some of you come to this room today and you're just discouraged because you're going through a trial and you think, I must be in sin. I want to tell you, that's not because that you're in sin. It's because you have an enemy. We live in an enemy where that his world is against us. We have an enemy who is wicked. We have an enemy, if he gets his way in the war, you will live a defeated life. So I'm going to tell you this, that Paul in Romans 8, when he says in verse 1, that, that there's no condemnation to Christ, he says right now, because of Jesus, if you've surrendered your life to him, you're saved. Amen? You are saved. You, you can't get any more saved than you are right now because his blood has the ability to cleanse us from all sin. So you're his, but now watch this. As soon as you get saved, God says, that's just not enough. I'm having a relationship with you, but I want you to surrender to me. That's what he says in chapter 8 in verses 4 and 5. He says, you have a choice. Either you can walk in the flesh and do the works of death, or you can walk in the Spirit and do the works of life. So I want to ask you, what have you been doing this week? Have you been to a pep rally for Jesus all week? I've been to a pep rally with Jesus all week long. I mean, I've been through a lot of stuff. Anybody else? You go through stuff in this life. David Jeremiah said this in the message last night. He said, if you have a pulse, you have a problem. That's pretty good. And so sitting on either side of you is a problem, right? Sure, you go to your right there or left is Kelly. It's a problem. Lucy, maybe not as much. But as long as you've got a pulse, you've got a problem. Now watch this. Look on the screen. Jim Maxim said in his book, 21 Days to Greater Breakthrough in Prayer, Christians are not expected to live their lives always in the valley. You can't always live in the mountaintop, but Brother Gary, you can't always live in the valley. You needed Wednesday night when I gather those kids, 75 kids registered around there, registered that came here to hear the gospel at our, our block party. Brother Gary spoke, and we had someone came to Christ. So he might have been in the valley going in, but I think if I saw you after, you might have been, were you shouting? If you weren't, you should have been. I know you were. You can't always live your life on the mountain, but God doesn't intend you to roll around in nothing. Some of you have come in here today as a believer, and you've just lived your life, and you know what, you're happy-go-lucky, but you haven't really accomplished anything. Some of you are setting yourself up for a life that that's all you're ever going to do is in your life. You're going to live your life for your fun and gun, and you're going to come to the end someday, and you're going to look back, and you're going to say, what was all this? Some of you are locked into a job. 
And that job for you has been year in, year out. You're going back and forth to work. And listen to me, I'm not against being faithful to, to a work. I've been a pastor since 29 years. But I want to tell you something, every day I get up with something new because God's mercies are new and fresh every day. And I want to tell you this today that some of you are locked into something. There's nothing really going on in your life, and you're just hoping to get somewhere. But if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. And some of you are aiming at nothing. And Paul says in the book of Romans, he says, all things work together for good, even when you go through some stuff. Now think about this. Write this down. Jim Maxim said this, the storms of life are, are the fertilizers that activate the seed of God's Word in you. When you go through these trials and tribulations, it's God not being against you. It's God activating something in you. Look with me in verse number 37 of Romans chapter 8. Say amen if you're there. Here's what the Scripture says in verse 37. No, in all these things, and we'll see what they are in a few minutes, we are more than conquerors. Now watch, here's the the key phrase. Through Him. Through Him, now notice this, who loves us. To conquer means that you're in a superior position. It means that you come up against something and they have ability. And let's be honest, our enemy has ability. He's strong. He'll take you out at the knees. He'll take you out at the head. He'll take you out at the side. He'll stab you in the back. We live in the world that's that way. But God has said in His Word that through Jesus Christ, you're not just saved. You're not just to be surrendered. But now watch, that if you will be Spirit-filled, you'll be more than a conqueror. So be honest with me. How did you come in here today? Some of you are not Christians today. I'm going to tell you, stay tuned in this pep rally. You're going to find out how you can become a conqueror. Others of you in this room, you're, you're new believers. You're going up the mountain with God. You've, you've hit your first trial. Stay tuned. In the midst of your storm, you're going to be a conqueror. Some of you have plateaued in your faith, and you're going to be a conqueror again. Some of you are going through the greatest trial of your life. You're embarrassed. You're, you're brokenhearted. You just don't know what you're going to do. What did you do wrong? Let me say this to you today. You are more than a conqueror, and hang in there. Now, I want you to notice one last quote as it comes on the screen for you now. The seed of faith is a belief that God is for you. You see, we we don't grow in the shallow end of the pool of feelings. We grow in the deep end of the pool of faith that is a strong faith and the assurance of God's Word. So listen to me today. No matter where you are that you came into here today, God wants to give you this pep rally. And the spiritual pep rally, now the pep rallies that I've been to are very useless if it's only one guy doing the speaking. If there's no response, if he said, we're going to win, you go, yes. You know there's somebody lost in this room today that are making their decision based upon what they see in you? Do you know that there's people in this room today that would love to just be able to say, I'm a conqueror, but they need your encouragement? So there's two types of storms that you face. One is a spiritual storm, and one is a physical storm. Some of you come in here today, your health is good, but your heart is bad. Some of you come in this room today, you're morally sound, but you're not eternally secure. Others of you, it's a physical battle. There's something going on in you right now that's just absolutely eating you in the physical sense, and Paul deals with both of them. Look what he says in verse 31. Listen to what he says. What then shall we say? To these things. That's all he's already said. If God is for us, it's a conditional statement. Who can be against us? Now he offers in this text, it's, it's, it's kind of great in his understanding through the Holy Spirit. He'll offer five rhetorical questions. A rhetorical question is almost like a duh question, isn't it? 
You can just it, the, the answer is in the question itself. And so four of them relate to spiritual problems, and the fifth one will relate to the physical problems. So let me read all of it together for you. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Let's get the rally going now, folks. He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also with Him graciously give us all things? And you said... Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. And you said, Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, the Scripture says, He is the one who was raised. He's at the right hand of God, who is indeed interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall your tribulation or your distress or your persecution or your famine or your nakedness or your danger or your sword, as it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No! In all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Some mother needed that because in this morning coming, you'll be up at 3 a.m. with a child. Now watch this. For I am sure, King James, I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels or rulers or things present or things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And the people of God said, Now listen to me. Some of you, Just read all that, and you're going to be cranked up at the time that we leave, and you're going to walk out of here, and within an hour, you'll be right back where you were before you came in. Because unless some decision happens in you in this hour, because it's going to take more than just amening and being part of the pepper, because somebody's got to get out on the field. And you're going about to be out on the field. Some of you are going to go to work. Some of you got trouble at home. Some of you got things going on. Some of you, the trouble's within you. And so you're going to need in this service to know how spiritually and physically to do battle. Some of you came in defeated and you're just smiling and saying, I'm, I'm a victor. I'm a victor. And God's saying, I don't even know you. Some of you are saying, I'm just great. I think I'm going, everything's good. But you know inside of you that, listen to me, Satan has orchestrated it. And you'll walk out of here. And you'll walk right into a mountain that's going to fall on you. But it doesn't have to be. If God be for you, who can be against you? Look me right in the eye. Camera, zoom in. You are against you. You are your worst enemy. And God is your best friend. So let's look at the spiritual things that he says. He says, if God be for you. I love what the text means there. When God is for you, 2 Corinthians 2 and 14, we are led in triumphant procession. Now watch, when we're led in triumphant procession, he says, I am for you. If if someone says they're for you, they're going to enter into right where you are, and they're going to come alongside of you, and they're not only going to do what's good for you, they are going to battle in your place. Let me tell you somebody's greater than that. God is for you. He has entered, seated into your life. Now, write this down. If God has saved you, how can you lose? That's what he's saying here. If God has saved you, how can you lose in the spiritual storms of this life? You see, the fact is there are things that are against us. When he asks this rhetorical question, we, we know there are things against us. Some of you come in today, you have a bad boss. 
You have an antagonistic spouse. You have an inward struggle. Maybe there's an addiction. Maybe there's a chronic health problem. Maybe it's difficult kids, or maybe it's a difficult parent, or a job, or a career, or you just don't know where that you're going. I prayed with someone this morning that they would know what God would do with them for the rest of their life. We know there are things against us, but God comes to you and says, but I've saved you. If you surrender, you cannot lose. Look me in the eye and let me say this to you. You can't lose. If you'll surrender to God. If you'll surrender to God. If you'll not do what you want to do. If you'll just say, I'll do what you want to do as a man, a woman, as a student. If you'll do that. I'm telling you, every day, you cannot. Now listen to me. You cannot lose. Even if the pressure has you crawling on your belly like a snake. What does he say in verse 32? Look what he says. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Now listen to this. Write this down. If God gave us his best, he will also give you all that you need. God says he did not spare his own son. Now what you think about that for a moment. Mark Driscoll says in the message on this text, he says that God in eternity past with God the Son were together. And they said this, we know that society is going to mess itself up. Now you know this, that you're going through stuff. We have since the time that Adam sinned. As you go through some stuff, God said this, I love you so much that I am going to send my best for you. You want to know how much God loves you? He gave the most precious thing that He had, which was Himself. See, some of you today, the greatest battle you have is this, is that you have not convinced yourself yet that He's worth the effort. You know why I'm not an alcoholic today? Because God is worth better than that. You know why I'm not a whoremonger today? Because God is worth more than that. You know why today that I'm not laying in bed asleep when I felt so tired this morning when I got up with Gary? It's because God has redeemed me. The God who went to the cross and endured all that He did, did that for me. And so, you know what? I can't lose. And friend, today, some of you need that pickup. Some of you have plateaued in your faith. It's been a long time since you came and wept and said, God, thank you that you sent Jesus and He died for me. He died for me. God gave His Son, and I wouldn't even give a, I wouldn't give a nephew for you. It's how much He loves you. But then notice what the text says in the next verse. If, who shall bring any charge against God's elect? Now, friend, when someone brings a charge against you, it's something that's serious. The truth is that every one of us in this room have a pre-Christ life. So all of us in this room are in the same thing, that somebody could bring a charge against us. And when charges are brought against us, let me tell you something, they oftentimes are serious. Now, here's the point. If God says, now watch this, you are forgiven, write this down, who can argue with that? Now, I don't know if you're getting this or not. The spiritual storms is the devil says you're not saved. The devil says that, 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 that God doesn't love you. The devil says that, that all your past is still, still there with you. But can I tell you today, if God says you are forgiven, who can argue with that? He gives this rhetorical question. He says there will be people who will come up against you, and they do. They accuse you all the time. The devil's number one job is accusation, brother. How it's his, his job every day in Re- Revelation twelve and twelve. He comes to accuse the brethren. Now listen to me. I'm not going to give him any fuel in my life. Did you hear me? 
Some of you are giving Him fuel every day. You're like, oh God, deliver me. And God says, well, quit doing it. That's as simple as can be, am I right? I mean, if, if it, 1 Peter chapter 3 tells us very clearly that, chapter 4, verse 7 through 12. He said, if you lay these things down, then he has no room to accuse you. So when he comes to you because he can't condemn you, ha <laughs> ha, he can't condemn you anymore. When the devil comes to condemn me, he's done for because he has nothing but false accusations. So I want to ask you today, I'll ask you this. Are you forgiven? You say, preacher, I got saved and so and so on time. No, I didn't ask you that. Currently, is your record up to date? That's why I love to pray with Sherry in the morning. I want to make sure with her that my record is up to date. When I pray with the ladies here on our staff, I want to make sure before I go to my desk to, to begin again the study of God's Word, that, that, that our hearts and minds, that we are free. And some of you today, the truth of the matter is it's not an issue of salvation, it's an issue of sanctification. It's an issue today that, that all these things that are inside of you, that, that you're arguing with you, and you're arguing with God, and you're arguing with the church. You're arguing with everybody because the stuff that's in your life, is just going around and around. And God says, but listen, but I love you. By the way, who else would put up with Keith Joseph? But God. And friend, who else would love you the way that God loves you? You see, it's my job Pastor Eric, to learn to love people the way God does. So stay with me now. So if you're saved, if you're saved, you listen, He gave you His best. And no matter whatever your need is right now, God's going to meet it. Did you hear me? Whatever your need is, He freely gives. He's going to meet the need that you have in your life. Think about this. At the core of everything else, one author said this, The Heavenly Father approves of you. He says you're worth saving. He says that he, that he will justify you in His sight. And He has declared a purpose over you that is greater than anything else that you would experience. Now listen to this. My Christian experience changes every day. Anyone else? Every day it changes. Some days it's happy wonderful. We rejoice and the next day it feels like the world's caving in. But listen to me. If you are walking the life of saved, surrendered, and God, Luke chapter 11 verse 13, God fill me with the Spirit. Even when you don't feel like it. You know what God's doing? He's working. Mom and Dad, can I say this to you? When you're disciplining that three-year-old and they're screaming and you're praying that the neighbors can't hear, don't give up because He's for you. Students, listen to me. When everybody else is drinking out behind the school but you, God's for you. God's for you, young lady, when you're keeping yourself sexually pure and everybody else is, is bragging about the fact that they're the most popular one. Let me tell you, the only one that counts is Jesus. And if you're popular with him, you know what he's got right down the road? A beautiful young lady, guys, just like he did for me in my life. Or he may, he may listen to this, he may, he may be celebrating singleness in your life, that God is everything to you, whatever it would be. God has such beauty for you that the devil wants to turn into ashes. My heart just breaks today because I believe that there's somebody here or somebody watching online today that you say, God, I'm okay with you, and you don't realize there's this storm in your life. Others of you are in the midst of the storm, and God says, I love you. I've saved you. You're free. You're forgiven. But listen to what he says in verse 34. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus, now listen to this, is the one who died. Now, when you're condemned, it means you've been caught. It is true. You've been, the sentence has been carried out, and the fact that you're just waiting for it to be carried out. Jesus is the one who died. More than that, praise God, he was raised. 
He's at the right hand of God, and He's interceding for us. Now watch this. Write this down. If Jesus represents us before God, why should we ever worry about the past? To worry about the past means that you enter into what lawyers call double jeopardy. There can't be double jeopardy. If you've been freed from something, they can't try you for it again. So now why would you, if God's freed you through the cross, why would you try to pay for the sin yourself? If God has freed you, you're no longer condemned. He died, He was buried, He rose again. You're free, you're new in Him to walk forward in Him. You say, but, but I feel so alone. Can I tell you this? God says in His Word, He's interceding for you. Now listen to what Psalm 11.3 says. It says, if the foundations are eroded, what will the righteous do? If, friend, if you and I today don't come out of this lifestyle in the spiritual storms, what can we ever do? Not only that, today, those of you who are in the midst of the storms, if you'll just stand on the love of God, whatever you're going through, listen to me. You are going to make it. I want to tell you today, I don't know who you are, what you're going through, but it's time for you to stand up. It's time for you to get back up. It's time for you to stay up. It's time for you to just to trust in this God who that nothing is impossible with. Now, there's so much more here, but let me move to the physical storms. Now, this is where the pep rally gets really intense. Some of you are going to have a hard time with this pep rally because the truth is you've never been a part of it. You say, what do you mean? There's some of the things that, that Paul's going to list here for you that you have no, no comprehension of. But I want to tell you, if time tarries, you will. Here's what he says in verse number 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Now, here, here's the next fill in the blank. Paul gives us a list. And this list reminds us how difficult life is. I'd be lying if I stood up here and said today, that serving God's easy. I'd be lying to say if there's not moments that you just want to run away. There's moments that you want to turn in your Bible. There's, there's moments that, that you just like to let the kids go. There's moments that you just like for, for, for your life to be like everybody else's life. But I want to tell you something, there's a lot of people doing that today, and they're headed straight to an eternity apart from God. You say, but why is it so hard? It's because of what we face. Listen to what he says. Who shall separate me from the love of Christ? How about tribulation? Tribulation are things that come through suffering and hardship and great trials. You may have lost your job serving the Lord, but you lost your job. It's been a trial. You may grow, grew up in a home of dysfunctional parents. Your daddy may, may have been a whoremonger and the mother put up with it. Your, your mother may have been that way. They may have never told you that they loved you. Let me tell you, that is tribulation. You went to a high school that maybe they poured you full of secular humanism. You knew nothing about God. That is tribulation. You may have been dysfunctional in the fact that your parents just use you as a tool. That is tribulation. But God says, that cannot separate me from you. You may be in distress. Can distress. Distress means difficult times that restrict us. I want to tell you today, there are people distressed in Jackson, Georgia. There's people that are ODing every, every week here in Jackson, Georgia. There are people that are trying to systematically kill themselves. They are in distress. There's some poor grandmother that her child hadn't called her in six months, and she is distressed today. Let me tell you, God loves you and all of it. Don't be distressed. Now watch this. Don't then persecution come. That's a planned attack by an enemy who's there against us in our faith. There is famine. There's a lack of food. Here in America, there's food on every corner. At our house, there's no famine. But you know every month, you and I send money all over the world to orphanages and ministries where if we didn't, they never know the love of God. Part of what you give every month feeds over 200 orphans. What you give every month goes to offer God ministry in Kenya 
so that little boys and little girls can have fresh drinking water and soon will be able to come to a clinic where that they're being ministered to. Why? Because in the midst of their famine, you know what they found out? God loves them. How about nakedness? Have you ever gone through nakedness? So, well, I came into this world with nothing, and I'm going to leave with nothing. You know what? We serve in parts of the country where they don't have several changes of clothes. They've got one. And they wear that until it completely falls off of them, and they just hope. But listen to me. When we go to those places, the things of the world do not keep them feeling the love of God. They're not dysfunctional. They're not discouraged. They're not defeated because they don't have the latest iPhone on their arm. They're not discouraged by all these things. You know why? Because they know that they're loved by God, and if they die in nothing, they're going to wake up in everything. And so we get so locked up and so hung up because we don't have this, we can't do this. God's been good to you. It's time that we wake up and realize this. Listen to this. And he said, if there's peril, if there's danger. He said, even a sword. Do you know two weeks ago, one of our partners in Egypt was beheaded as a pastor because he believes in God. Friend, listen to me today. We go through tough times. It says in verse 36, for your sake we are being killed all day long. Are you being killed? John Owen said this, either we're killing sin or sin's killing us. It's not literally for us, but every day a part of me is dying. I had hopes and dreams and wishes as a kid that were secular or anybody else. I'm not going to lie up here and say when I was a young man that I didn't want to travel the world, enjoy everything. I'm not going to say that. I'd be lying, Brother Eric. But don't I tell you something? I met someone who changed all that for me. And by His grace, He changed that today. And my heart is looking differently now. And my mind is differently because God has engulfed me in His love. So when you see me some days and you say, man, these don't seem to be happy. Have you ever fought the old dream? But I tell you when it gets happy, it gets happy when you get things of eternity and seeing people changed. And when you can lay down at night And there's no condemnation, goodness, to those who are in Christ Jesus our Lord. So He showed us in this, but there's so much more here. We are more than conquerors through Him. But notice Paul's faith now. Paul's faith reminds us of where our victory is. He says in verse 38, for I'm sure. So in this text, as we have this pep rally together, as we come down to the conclusion of this, notice what he says, I am persuaded that neither death nor life, That is either the process of death or the process of life. Some of you may have a million dollars on you right now, but if you're not saved, you're headed to hell and you have nothing. You may be today, you may have health, you may have a great future in front of you, but if you don't have the Lord, death is coming upon you. Now watch what he says. I am persuaded either that angels or rulers, the demons of hell have no authority over the people of God. Now watch this, or rulers. This country may come under a rule of a a total dictator. We may come under the control that we have to go underground. But so what? I'm persuaded that neither a pandemic or not, either a mask or not a mask, either a shot or not a shot, either going to jail or not going to jail, I am persuaded that God loves me and that He has ordained me for this hour. And because of that, I know He loves me. And I know He loves you. And it's time that you get up. Now listen to this. Things present. What's happening to you in the present? Come on. Some of you wasted all week worrying. You don't need to be where things present. Now watch what he says here. Things present. Wow. Or things to come. Little gray-haired mama that you've colored your hair. Why is it gray? 
I don't know about my boy. I don't know about my girl. I don't know about my grandchildren. God says, as you go through it all, I love you. My husband's sick. I love you. And if nothing can separate you from Him, that means you're saved, that He gave you His best, He'll give you what you need. It means you're forgiven, and you don't have to worry about anything. You say, preacher, you're, you're kind of talking like a life. I just go on and don't get engaged. No, 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 no. no. Somebody that has such love of God or so yoked with God, when He takes a step, you know what you do? You take a step. This is what He says. There's no things present or things to come, no powers, nor height, nor depth, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Now watch, nothing in the heights of God Himself, nothing in the depth of hell itself can separate you in all of this creation, anything that you face. One writer said this, I know not what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. When it says nothing in creation, that means there's nothing you think about, nothing you see or hear about can rob you of that relationship you have with Him. Friend, I, I don't know what you're concerned about in here today, but I tell you, I want a faith like this. I want a faith that if it's spiritual or physical, I stand up. I can remember when I looked at my mom and said to her, I've run far enough. Right, I'm here today because I turned and I came home. Christian, God loves you. It's time you stand up. It's time you get back up. And if you're in the middle of the battle for God, do what you're supposed to do. Just want to tell you that. Tell you love. Tell you love. Tell you love. Just keep standing up. Go back to your work tomorrow and be Jesus. Am I right? Go back to your family and be Jesus. Students, you'll win them because nobody can overcome God. To learn more about our ministries, check us out at jacksonfbc.com.